This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. The poem says, Human voices wake us, and we drown. But I've made this podcast with the belief that human voices are what we need. And so, whether from a year or 3,000 years ago, whether poetry or prose, whether fiction or diary or biography, here are the best things we have ever thought, written, or said. Half a lifetime ago, I was spending a long weekend with my first girlfriend at her dorm room at college, and I came to relationships later than most, it seems, so I was well used to loneliness, but what I wasn't prepared for was uh, the loneliness that came over when I couldn't fall asleep after she had, and I can still really remember uh, the feel of, of that room and the sounds that were coming in outside of people who were still coming and going late into the night. And uh, ever since then, that uh, kind of experience has repeated itself. So now it is the experience of uh, being awake long after my wife and daughter have gone to sleep. And I've written about this uh, quite a few times. And um, these are five poems from a book called School of Night that uh, are about that feeling, the weird sort of paranoia and at the same time sense of revelation and creativity uh, that come from being awake at night alone. And the first poem is called Mr. Cassian, The Pear and the Bird. Someone entered our yard and left a pear on the driveway ledge, a pear dipped in ants and already well-chewed and a few days old. Someone entered our yard and left a bird, or the fetus of a bird, it was so small, some sad, wrinkled, pink body on the path, up from the garage going towards the front door. I went to pick it up with a shovel, a small, hard shovel, to slide underneath. But the warm day had already baked it to the ground, and I was sure someone watched me as I was so careful to peel it up. Someone entered my yard and took my mail. Someone opened the gate at eight at night that leads alongside and behind the house. Someone crawls in and sets off the floodlights beneath my bedroom window and wakes me. I don't know when, for I don't know how long. Someone stands underneath that awful light, chewing pears and with a pocket full of birds, dropping these breadcrumbs for me to decipher. And the second poem is called Mr. Cassian's 24th Dream, 
And this uh, gets into the exhilaration and revelation part. I am riding a thunderbolt, arrow from a cloud far above earth, explosion to explosion, gathering to gathering, sphere to sphere, ellipse to ellipse, shaft of colorless white reddened yellow flame, and I detonate in the desert, or I detonate in the city or in the mind, blinding colorless heat of creation, pounded out from sun to tabernacle, from starry heaven to the artificer's lonely night bodiless insomniac, kindled invisible in the unseen house. And this is Mr. Cassian, The Living Fire. I've always been the burning heart of the house, even when all I had was some small flat. Girlfriends always fell asleep before me, the only thing they all had in common. And now it extends to my wife and son, a second layer of silence for me, and a path of pillows spread on the floor to muffle my footsteps at blue midnight, and the sense that I really do live alone, the rise and fall of two people breathing, and their uninterest at my being up, still up, still awake, still at the window, so late even the neighbor's dog isn't dragging them outside to take another dump. I can belong so fully during the day. In the light I convince myself it's true that I and the world are part of each other. But the long thinking nights reveal otherwise. And this is Mr. Cassian's Quiet House. And this is a part in the story when uh, his family has left him, so it truly is a quiet house. The quiet house is mine. I will have one winter here without noise, only the furnace waking to spin, and whispering deep in its heart, a huge warmth like the coil inside me, that will unwind in a year, or burn out to suffocate. The quiet house is mine. Wind howl, speaker hum, bare feet book close, lamp click, swish of sheets, lock shake door shutter, bees on the other side of the screen in summer. No conversation, no fighting, no crying, no cleaving, no small talk, no talking, no need to talk or to try to talk anymore, except for the vocabulary of alchemy except the interior oscillation, except the Kabbalah and creation from syllables, syllables juggled like balls of light or handfuls of numbers tossed in the air. The quiet home is mine, and I will not be without company. And the last one towards the end of the book is... Mr. Cassian's 159th dream. I'm swimming so that I seem to dissolve. No elbows and no knees, only ripples. Beard like seaweed taking shape around me, lifted lightly to the water's surface, arms flailing but with hands of crustacean, shadow limbs erased underwater, my face now water lilies, and closed eyes, 
hardly a wrinkle above the ocean, my body finally back to origin, body a flattened elongated leaf, floated here from a continent away, or some undulating stingray, utterly ancient, some barely bodied blanket of flesh, gone, returned to the protozoic pool. Any comments or suggestions for readings I should make in future episodes can be emailed to Human Voices Wake Us, the number one, at gmail.com. Links to each work used in this episode can be found in the episode description. If you enjoy Human Voices Wake Us, you can subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. The music here is Duke Ellington's Arabesque Cookie.